everyone. Thanks for checking out this podcast. I hope today's conversation inspires you and builds your faith for the moment you are in right now. Know that God's love for you truly changes everything. Enjoy the message. Well, I've, uh, I've only been here a year and already I've noticed a trend uh, when it comes to me and preaching is that uh, the, not the last time, but my first time preaching here was Labor Day weekend. And so this weekend, yeah, right, Mark? And now I'm like Labor Day weekend again. So I guess I'm never going to get Labor Day weekend off, right, Pastor Joel? I'll just every Labor Day weekend, you're going to anticipate seeing me. But what I, I want to expand just a little bit, even before I start, like the last year that I've been here, it's been incredible. And if you haven't had the time to thank uh, the staff, what an incredible staff here at Moncton Wesleyan that we have. And they just, man... You talk about pivot, like we would plan things and just say it's only as good as the next announcement that comes out, and then that's all no good, and then we'll come up with something else. And they pivot, and, and our board, what an incredible board that has been so supportive, has offered wisdom, has offered guidance to us as we've gone through this. And then I think about all the volunteers in every ministry who when they come, that last second notice they get, oh, hey, by the way, remember we told you we're doing this? We're actually going to do this instead. So thank you to all of you for doing that and pivoting and being so part of making it happen. And, and I want to tell you, so I saved the best to last, and, and I'm not trying to butter them up or anything like that, but Pastor Joel, when he, when he sat here last week, and just kind of shared his heart, right? There's nobody, there's nobody that loves this church, loves God, and wants what's best for this church, for you, and the community, and is willing to do that. And I'll tell you, like, I'll take any mountain with him any day that he wants because of his love. And he has, he has prayed over, has cared, has had to make decisions over this last year that has been incredible for us as a church and incredible for us as a community. So thank you, Joel, for your leadership in doing that and being vulnerable last week. So I want to talk to you, Carlos shared back in July about your story, our story, knowing our story, and the moments and memories that we have. And some of us, we get like family memories, right? Like we got, like I can tell you, and she's probably in the room, and I'll get beat up later. I, can, I have a memory of the first time I saw Giselle. Giselle's my wife, and in a couple of months, we've been married for 30 years, and, and the first time I saw her... She had on a tweed like business dress. It had leather lapels and the buttons on it were leather. She had stiletto high heels on with gold on the, on the like color on the heel and on the tip with a gold chain that kind of went on the outside of it. She had those Sally Raphael glasses with the big frames that curled back up to your ears and she had highlights in her hair. That's a memory. You don't forget that. And after 30 years, you know, I always say if you want to remember your anniversary, the best way to do it is to forget it once, right? And then you'll never forget again. <laughs> but we have those memories, those moments in our life that we hold to, and we, they're just there. They're part of us. But then there's other memories and other moments in our life. They're God moments. The God memories that he enters into our life. And for Giselle and I, early on in our marriage and about our, our second year, we lost our first child very late in pregnancy. 
And it was what drew us back to God. We weren't living the way we should. But I will tell you, it's because of people who poured into our life because of what God's done for them. People who had stories similar to ours, who wanted to share their God moment when God showed up. They wanted to share the experience they had, the feeling of God's presence directly in the room when it's happening, that you begin to become aware of his faithfulness, his power, his love, his strength right in those moments. And that memory holds tight, as sad as it may be, it is a memory, it is a God moment. And it all happens constantly in a moving life that's going very quickly. See, we have birth family memories and birth family moments like I shared, and then we have spiritual family moments and memories. And what's so hard in life is how do we blend those two? They're not two, they're one. It's one life, it's one story. It's not two stories, it is one story. Therefore, we have one family, the family of God. We must live the same way all the time, no matter where we are, because it's our faith story that we're living out in every circumstance. It doesn't matter the relationship that you're coming in contact with, whether it's retail, whether it's family, whether it's friends, whether it's coworker. Your faith is being lived out. Your story is being lived out. It's all the interactions. You represent the body of Christ by your story, by your moments that happen. In every place, not just when you're face to face, but when you're not face-to-face, when it comes to representing certain things on social media, what you may post, doesn't matter what the platform is, but your faith is on display at that moment. What you share and how you share it represents part of your story and your God moment as part of that. You'll find that there's three types of people that contribute to your memories, to your moments, and to your story that's unfolding. The first one is critics. There's critics in every story. There's people that will will tell you what's wrong with your faith, what you shouldn't believe, what you should believe. There are critics that'll tear you down. My dad used to say, never tear yourself down because there's plenty of other people doing it for you. And just stay positive about yourself. There are critics. And then in faith, there's also consumers. Right, And I thought, when I was preparing this message, I thought that like being a consumer in church was a bad thing. Because I've heard it so much, they're just consumers. They just come to church, they don't do it. And the title is Save to Serve. Well, you know what? How do we build our faith if we don't consume what's happening in our church, what's happening in our life? How do we not build our faith? Well, the next type of person is what's the important one. As we consume, is we have to be contributors right? When we come into the body of Christ, we have then decided that we are one body, one story of our faith that is moving forward. And so if we want to be consumers, then we have to be contributors. Just to give you an idea, as we get ready for like fall kickoff, and I've never been here for one, like the staff need you. If you are not involved in an area of ministry, this is like a a PSA right now, just a plug. You need to find a spot, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more as we go on. In Matthew 20, 26 to 28, it says this. 
But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be a servant. Whoever wants to be first must become your slave. For whoever is the son of man cannot be served, but, has to, but to serve. he didn't come to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Accepting Jesus Christ as a follower that you want to, you are deciding that you become that part of the body. But you don't have to give up the uniqueness that he has created you. He has created you uniquely in the way that you behave. He's created you uniquely in the way that you're gifted. He's created you uniquely in the way that you're called. He has created you uniquely to impact. He has created you uniquely to serve right where you are in this church because you're one body, the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, if I can skip back here, says the human body is made of many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some of us are slaves, and some of us are free. But we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share that same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. And then when we go on, see, because we want to think about if we don't become part of that body and join in, and we decide, I want to be alone, I want to be isolated. I am here today to tell you that being alone and being isolated is a tool of the enemy. The enemy just wants to separate you off from the pack and from the body and say, just pay attention to this over here. You don't need to do that. You need to answer the calling that God has placed on your life. And part of that is being part of the body of Christ and figuring out what that means. If you don't know what that means, then we'll help you figure out what that means. But do not allow the enemy to separate you off and think that being alone is a good thing. 1 Corinthians 12, 25 says, this makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are the body of Christ, and each of you is part of it. What happens when we decide that we no longer want to live out our faith, live out our story, live out our God moments, is we begin to forget them. And when we forget them, our faith begins to fade. See, serving is contributing to your story but it's also contributing to other people's stories. And that's what we've got to remember, and we can't be separated off. Giselle and I, one time, we were on vacation in Ireland. We were blessed to be able to go, and we're at the Blarney Castle. I don't know if you've ever been there, if you've ever seen it, everybody knows about it. This kiss the stone, and like you gotta basically take a header down over the bank if you wanna do it. And anyway, we're standing outside looking back on this amazing castle. And this couple's walking towards us. We can tell that they're emotionally upset. We don't know why, we don't even know them. We're in Ireland. The only closeness I have in Ireland is I'm from Newfoundland, so I'm probably part Irish, right? And that gets that in the box, checked off. As they're coming towards me, this is what's so cool about God, I can hear them speaking. And if you don't know a Newfoundland accent, You've never heard a Newfoundlander. And I am pure Newfoundlander, and I know I sound nothing like a Newfoundlander anymore, but I could tell they were from Newfoundland. And when you're from Newfoundland and you hear a Newfoundlander, it doesn't matter where you're at in the world, you go, where are you from in Newfoundland? 
And as they came towards us, I went, where are you from? In Newfoundland. He goes, Cornerbrook. I said, I'm from Cornerbrook. We began to share our stories. Come to find out, as he shared, they were cutting their vacation short because they just got word that their daughter was in the last stages of dying of cancer. We took that moment right there, just online. We're, we're in the garden of the, of the Blarney Castle, and we go, can we pray for you? Didn't even know if they were believers or not. Can we pray for you? And they said yes. And in the midst of that moment, deciding to serve somebody else, I could have went, I'm on vacation. Like, I'm not pastor or whatever anymore. I'm not, no way. But see, when you're part of the body of Christ, you're always on call. You don't get a day off. And in that moment, we prayed over them before they headed back. And that's, that added to our story. It contributes to their story that they'll share. And now I just shared it with all of you. And see how story goes? Our story contributes because of our willingness to share in amongst each other. There is no group of people than the Israelites who've had more proof of God moments. You know, they've had, they've had miracles done. They've had breakthroughs done. They've had all kinds of stuff happen. When you think about it, you look down through, and it's, they were rescued from slavery in Exodus 6, saved from plagues in Exodus 8, left with riches like never before in Exodus 12, signed, signs in the skies from the fall in Exodus 13, parted, from the Red, parted the Red Sea in Exodus 14, and yet they still forgot, and they begin to fade. See, these are things that God did that shaped generations to come. These are stories that show us who God is, what God can do, and what he wants to do in each one of our lives as he performs these moments. You have stories. You have moments, God moments in your life that you're holding on to, that you need to share as part of your story to someone else's story by serving. But what so often happens when we have these moments, we go from Tigger moments, like hoo-hoo-hoo, right, to Eeyore, oh, it's been a bad day. I don't know what I want to do. We go through those. What are your God moments? Do you know them? Do you know your God moments? Do you really know them inside? Like, like a sense of feeling? Do you know them? Have you ever written out your story? Have you ever taken the time? Don't worry about how long it takes. And take an empty journal book. And just have you written out your story? Have you written it out? Can you tell your story in 15 minutes? That's kind of a limit I do when I coach people. If you write your story out, you categorize it, you don't like to start with something, well, I was born in Cornerbrook. Don't, don't do that. You, they checked out right away. You gotta know the different segments of your story and where your story is about to interject into someone else's story because you're serving them, whether it's serving in a ministry here or serving just by telling your story. You're about to inject yourself into it and pour into them. And you've gotta be able to tell your story in 15 stories. And I don't mean stories like in, that I'm telling as a newfie. I mean stories like in an elevator. Because you won't get a better captive audience than somebody in an elevator. 
And especially some buildings now only allow two of you in and at a time, right? So where are they going to go? You've got to know your story. You never know when God is going to place you in a moment to serve. And if you can't share it in 15 floors of an elevator or 15 minutes sitting over coffee, you need to start writing it out so you can. Because those God moments, those God memories are so important for all of us. You gotta decide whether you're gonna be a critic, a consumer, or a contributor. See, the same God that saved you, the same God that delivered you, the same God that forgave you, the same God that's over you, the same God that loves you every day is calling you to serve his kingdom. He's calling every one of us to serve. When I did children's ministry years and years ago, I had this lady come to me. She was, <laughs> I was going to say she's an older lady. She's probably about my age now. And, uh, and she said to me, she says, Pastor Jim, God's calling me to serve in children's ministry. I said, awesome. We've got all kinds of spots. She goes, but there's one problem. I said, okay, what's that problem? She goes, I don't like kids. <laughs> That's a big problem, right? And she goes, but God's called me to serve in kids' ministry. But I don't like kids. And I'm like, okay, so let's figure this out. I'm not the person to say God's not calling you. God's calling you. That means I've got to figure it out with you. So I said, what do you like to do? She goes, I love crafts. Oh, I said, you know, like we do crafts with the kids every week. I said, what about if we gave you the stuff to cut out ahead of time, like a month ahead of time, you cut it all out and just bring it back, and then we're all set. She goes, awesome. She still does that as far as I know to this time. That was years ago. She was obedient to her call to serve, and she is now part of hundreds and hundreds of kids' stories, whether they realize it or not, and they're part of her story because she decided to serve. What's God done for you? Can you remember it? Have you ever shared it? Does it show in your servanthood? Because when we forget, we fade. And serving not only adds to our story, it adds to someone else's story. Your story helps shape your family, your friends, and your coworkers. Are you saved to serve? Are you ready to contribute to someone else's story? Are you ready to make that difference in someone else's life? Continuing the past and a future generation who God has called you to do. And I know part of it we think about is, well, I don't want to share that part. You know what? We all got good, bad, and some downright ugly stuff in our lives. But God can resurrect the bad and the ugly for his kingdom's sake. Do not let the enemy shame you into thinking that that's not part of someone's story to come. Just figure out how you're going to share it. Just figure out how you're going to share it, and God will use that. Don't allow the enemy to put shame in you when it comes to that. Maybe you've misplaced your story. Maybe you've forgotten about it. Maybe you've already begun to fade. Maybe that's already happened for you. Well, think, let's go look at the Israelites, right? Exodus 14, the Egyptians are chasing after them. 
And he said to Moses, why did you bring us to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. Forgot and fading. No food in Exodus 16. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt. What? Right? They moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now we have brought us into the wilderness and starved us to death. Exodus 17, complaining about water for the second time. But tormented by thirst, they continue to argue with Moses, why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us, our children and our livestock with thirst? This is my, like one of my favorites. Complaining about Moses took too long in Exodus 32. When the people saw how long it took Moses to come back down from the mountain. Okay, people, he just went to meet with God? Really? And you're complaining about how long it's taking for him to come back down from the mountain? And they said this, to, and they say this uh, as they gather around here, come on, they said, make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses. He brought us here from the land of Egypt. When you forget, our faith begins to fade. We serve to contribute to our story and to other people's stories. Remember in 1 Corinthians 12, we have all been baptized into one body, one spirit, and we all share that same spirit. God didn't stop caring. God doesn't stop caring. And when we're part of the body of Christ, we can't stop caring. See, we're one body, one. When you've made the decision to say, I am going to follow Jesus and his teachings, and I want, the, I want Christ to be my Savior, you decided to become part of a bigger body where you have to care. I have this acronym that goes with it from TEAM, right? There's all kinds of TEAM acronyms, T-E-A-M. And for me, TEAM means their eternity always matters, if you're on the Christ team, then someone else's eternity always matters. We don't get to opt out. The Great Commission in Matthew 28, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you even till the end of the age. How many times do we... Scripture, scripture tells us a number of times, but here's a few when God tries to remind them and remind us. Deuteronomy 6. He's trying to remind us not to forget. Don't let our faith fade. Be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Deuteronomy 8. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for 40 years, humbling you, testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Deuteronomy 8 again in verse 11. But, that, but at this time, to be careful, beware that, you're, beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commandments, regulations, and decrees that I give you today. And the list goes on and on. How many times is God going to ask us, do you know your story? Have you shared your story? Are you contributing to someone else's story? He's going to continue to ask us that all the time. Every one of you, me, 
We're saved to serve. We're not saved to be spectators. We're saved to serve. That's what God's called us to. It builds up our own faith. It builds up the faith of others. It's so important for our children. It's important for our youth. It's important for our coworkers. It's important for our families. It's important for our friends. It's important for those that are marginalized. It's important for everybody we come in contact with that we know we are saved to serve and we need to share our story and contribute to other people's story. If you know, if you share, and if you serve, then God will move in the lives of those that you do it with. If you're just sitting isolated, you're going to wonder what's going on and life's going to pass you by and the great God moments that happen. Because when we forget, we fade. And serving contributes to ours and someone else's story. There's three simple words to help you know what does this mean for your life. The first one is remember. Know your story. Even if you're not a writer, take notes, put it in something, keep track of it, build your story. Remember your story, reflect your story, share it, share it. I know one of the corny things when I tell it, when I'm coaching people about their story, is I say, find someone else that's doing their story and practice sharing your story. It's going to seem awkward at first, but the blessing that'll be the moment that you get to put the, it into someone else's life will be an incredible moment. If you've never had that opportunity when you, when you share your story and then somebody goes, how do I find a story like that? And you go, let me tell you about the king I serve. And you're able to tell someone about faith Tell them about how good God is. Tell them about the God moments when he showed up in your life. Those are incredible, incredible moments. And then realign, which is to contribute to someone else's story. So share your story, contribute to someone else's story by serving. Psalm 78, verses 1 through 4 says this, O oh my people, listen to my instructions. Open your ears to what I am saying, for I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past, stories we have heard and known, stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about how his power of his power and his mighty works. We're saved to serve. That's the bottom line. I've got a, a diagram I want to show you. I shared with staff. And, and when God shared this with me, I don't even remember where it came from, if it's original or whatnot, so, and, and so I won't claim ownership to it. It's in my, I have a book where I keep all the things that God leads me to for teaching. And so often when we see this, we put up, we'll have, we'll have uh, past and future, right? We divide them by a line that we're in the present. And see, so many of us continue to live in the past, 
and we're not much concerned about the present. We're just waiting. Oh, it's not like it was before. Well, you know, back in my day, you know, and, and we think about, I just got to wait till we get to the future. Like if I can just hang on to here, things will be okay. But see, the way I look at it is the next slide. It's the present is not represented by a line. It's represented by as big a space as the past and the future. And if we're saved to serve, there's a lot that's got to happen now. Not for the future. Now. We are now. We are not like, none of us have tomorrow guaranteed. So if you're saved to serve, we living in the present, we have to pour our story into other people's lives. We have to serve in the other people's lives. And this present is so large that if you even skip and say, I'm just waiting for the future, let me tell you another way that's said. I don't care about anyone else right now in my present because I just want to get to the future. That's what you're saying. But I know that's not your heart. Remember, our story is so strong, it has many critics and many contributors, but it has only one co-author. And when you accept that co-author to come side by side with you and to write your story and maybe rewrite some parts of your story, you are now becoming that saved to serve and becoming part of the body of Christ. And it can be scary at times. It can be scary when you, when you don't align anymore with, the, with friends or relationships you had. And, but you're not to, you can still pour into them. Your story will develop. It can be scary sharing your story when you think about what will people think when I tell them this part about my life. You know what? God forgave you and God will resurrect that part of your story for his glory. Don't you worry about it. He's going to resurrect. Not you. You can't do anything to do that. He will resurrect it for his glory and his glory only because that is what he's in the business of. When you're saved to serve, he will resurrect whatever part of your life that needs to be resurrected for your story to contribute to someone else's story. You are saved to serve. And if you're worried, in Psalm 16 it says, no, the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. That is the God we serve. You see, I stand here today, I was born to two teenagers, very young age, who didn't know what life was gonna have before them. But people who were followers of Christ said, we will raise him as a family. And then when we moved to Moncton, this church became our church home. And this church poured into me as a young adult, or as a, sorry, as a student. The youth pastors that were here, the people who were saved to serve poured into my life. And then eventually, we, Giselle and I took a young adult ministry because we were saved, we wanted to serve, and we grew that ministry because that's what we're called to do. And then eventually after that, because of God seeing what was in our life and what he wanted, he called us to full-time ministry. And this church launched us, launched us into full-time ministry. And we went for 25 years to the mission field. 
And we poured into the lives and we poured into stories and we built our story and now God has called us back to here. See, the answer always has to be yes. And then you go, okay, God, now what's the question? If you're saved to serve, you live where the answer is always yes. Now, God, what's the question? Don't forget your God moments of your story because your faith will begin to fade. And serving by sharing your story or giving of your time not only builds your story, it contributes to other people's story. Every one of you, every one of, even me included, who profess to be a follower of Christ are saved to serve. You just gotta figure it out. We'll help you figure it out. Let's stand as we pray. Father, we thank you for the calling that you've placed on each one of our lives. We thank you for how you have poured into our story so that we can pour into other people's stories. Father, we have many moments in our personal lives that we remember with fondness and great clarity, but we also have God moments in our lives that create memories of when you showed up in a big way, maybe it was even just a small way, but your presence was felt, your faithfulness, your power, your, your omnipotence was felt in that moment, Father. Help us not to forget those. Help us not to forget your goodness. Help us not to forget the goodness that you've poured into our story. So that as we acknowledge that we're saved to serve, we say yes. Now what's the question? Because we know that only your goodness from our past, from a huge presence, and the future to come is what you're calling us to. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Let's sing of how our goodness, how God's goodness is in our life. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about Moncton Wesleyan, we invite you to visit our website at mw.church. We are here to help you with any questions you might have. See you next time.